0: welcome to the forever forest podcast my name is ryan or freebs or i do that every time do not sure quite why i do it um we are back with i think it's about episode six or seven who's counting what's what's numbers amongst uh friends Or are we friends? We'll talk about that later on. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I've got two people joining me today, one of whom I've not seen since 1865. Um, And he's all the way from the USA and he's got his dog. uh, I won't say his name in case it's some kind of like secret thing or some sort of like uh, it's his data or something. So it might be his password for everything. Uh, It's Dan. Hi, Dan. How you doing, mate?
1: I'm good. He he doesn't have a name. He just goes he's a squiggly symbol that he uses just across a pork. after yeah which causes problems if i try and get him to come back to me while we're on walks because i just have to write it on a piece of paper and hope that he sees it rather than being able to shout his name
0: well i walked um my girlfriend's brother's dog yesterday because she'd gone off uh, away with work and he was coming back from somewhere to gatwick near where i am and and i just thought oh i should let him go and i'm great with dogs i'm a more of a cat person and i thought i should let him go in that field and i thought he's really disobedient and quite naughty and doesn't come to me in my house. He's not going to come to me if he's in a thicket surrounded by the smell of fox, is he? So that was a decision. I. I but do you know if I, if I did have to question that, the person I could ask is uh, another friend of the dogs. I was going to say terrible there for a minute. Holly, uh, is is Holly Roy? How you doing, Holly? You all right?
2: Why are you bringing up my exes, Ryan? Wow. Oh, it's time and place. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. i have I'm got over the car crash in NG2 on Saturday. So um, yeah, very oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to discuss that a little bit, aren't we? Um, so we've got a few things on the agenda. We're going to end with, uh, as, as I say, as always, we've only done it twice since I've been on uh, the Limericks. We've only been sent one today, but it's an absolute pearl. Caponocity has been at it again with his absolutely joyous work. Um, but first things first, uh, as for those of you, I don't think anyone ever listens to this going, oh, I better tune into that podcast when they do. I want to see how Forrest got on. But if you do, Forrest would tune it up on uh, the weekend until about the 80 minute and decided, okay, it's Luton Town, so we, we should have beat them because apparently they're terrible and no team in the Premier League will ever lose them and all that kind of stuff. And um, we're at home and all that kind of business with our amazing atmosphere and all that stuff that we always uh, we've sort of built in and dreamt into. And uh, we drew two two, which for those of you of an older vintage will have not been shocked by, because I sure as fuck wasn't. Although I'm still mardy about it. Uh, Dan, how did you feel? Uh, I don't know. Let's just do an all encompassing first of all. Uh, a two two draw at home to Luton, no win since Chelsea. Here's a big one because I know Dan likes the curly questions. Are Forest worse this year than last year?
1: No, but yes, but also yes.
0: Okay, so you're going to um, do, you're gonna have to do a little bit more work um, on,
1: those, on those two. That's that's my answer. Move on. Um, no, it's. Uh, I think I've enjoyed, and I have to say I didn't watch the game live at uh, the weekend, but I have caught up on it since so that I can have some level of credibility talking about it. Um, I'm not got get called out by anyone online um, about my opinions on it. But, yeah, so I think it would be more enjoyable to watch, I want to say, than the first 10 games last year. Um. And we got more points than the first 10 games last year. But By the how results many? have cut. I can't remember off the top of my head. All I know is that yeah. from the games that we've played against the teams that we played, like, you know, if you take the points from the 10 we've played or nine we played this season and tallied them last year, are actually slightly worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got better result against Chelsea got worse result against the two promoted teams in Burnley and Luton than we did against Leeds, Southampton or Leicester at home last year when we beat all three of them. So you can kind of say we're ahead in one respect and we're behind in another respect. Um, Overall, I'm comfortable with it so far. Um, But I wasn't particularly comfortable with the weekend. But as you said, I, I, I wasn't watching. I was getting goal alerts. We were two up. And at no point in the last... 30 years have I felt comfortable in the last 10 minutes as a forest fan, even if we're four up. No. So, um, I kind of knew what was coming. I was taking the kids to a bar that's got, um, some like virtual sports they can play. And I was sat with a couple of the other dads were watching some college football. And I just, uh, audibly shouted fuck at the top of my voice as the second goal went in and they went, what's happened? Thinking like my wife had been mown down by a tractor yeah. or something. And, um, I said, Oh, that's, um, Forrest have just given up a two-goal lead, and I kind of put it in American terms. And they kind of looked at me, knowing that I talk about Forrest a lot, and said, doesn't that usually happen, though? Wow. I was like, yeah, fair point.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, you know.
1: yeah, so that that was that. So disappointed, yes. Shocked, not at all. Uh, about to jump off the Cooper bandwagon, absolutely not.
0: Holly, what is the city ground feeling like at the minute? They asked Lisa this on the radio we did a minute ago, and she uh, was taking the call from uh, Holly Bobs and uh, she said, Aaron had asked her on there about how it feels, and he said it just doesn't feel right at the minute, the City ground. Now, is it because we're now complacently a Premier League side? Is it who we've been playing? Is it because, you know, we've got up and realised that that golden promised land wasn't all we thought it would be in terms of how it would feel after so long missing from it? what was your? Uh, before we go into the Luton game in a bit more depth, how do you feel about the City ground itself at the minute?
2: Complacency, I think, is the perfect word to describe it, really. I think, you know, Aesthetically, we feel like a complete, more of a complete Premier League team now. Um, I think it was interesting actually, because on the way back we were talking to some Luton fans who are obviously delighted and completely over the moon with the result. Um, and they're asking about the um the song that we sing, and Kintyre, at the start of the start of the game, and how intimidating it was and how it sort of built up to this kind of, oh, actually, hang on a minute, you know, I'm a little bit scared here to play forest. And then as soon as it ends, it just sort of dies down and fizzled out to nothing. And that's kind of how it feels like the atmosphere at the moment is quite subdued compared to last year. And it does feel like there's a sort of second season syndrome vibe sort of going around the place a little bit complacent and it's not quite the same as it was last year. It doesn't feel like there's the, the level of jeopardy means that the level of excitement seems to have gone down a little bit I don't know it's a bit a bit strange to be honest um and you know the one thing that was really glaringly obvious is that the last well in fact pretty much every home game this season we've started really well we've put some lovely stuff together um really pleasing on the eye but no goals and I think everybody just I don't know, I just ex- we all just kind of feel like we're on tender hooks, expecting more and it just doesn't happen. And then the levels go down and then the inevitable happens. And it's just, I don't know, it's it's very different to me from last season. Um, I like
0: me with a bit of it, what I see, and I'll pass it over to Dan as well with this as well. I think, as Dan said, there's so many decades in me of pain and five four-goal swings and all that shit that I cannot let Luton at home be seen as a gimme at all. It's a team in the Premier League, however much their budget is and however much you walk through a fucking house to go to their ground, whatever it might be. However, it's it, there is an element of these are the games we should be winning to move up to this. I don't think any Forest fans are expecting us to tilt for the title or get the third star anytime soon. However, I think, because imagine if you start getting into football, like we discussed this with your kid, didn't we, Dan, when, when they went up? It's like, oh, Forest are really good. You know, like whether well, you're watching these games of Wembley and going up or like Mother other half watching it, going, I think you're go, Oh, you're all right. And then last year we were the plucky underdogs. We were Forest and all them signings and whatnot. It, maybe it's the second album syndrome, Dan. Uh, what, what do you think in terms of how the the ground feels? Obviously, you and I aren't at games uh, if at all, if often because of distance and whatnot. But I can feel it. I can feel it from not not social media actually, because I'm not really on there as much with it. But in terms of the ground and from what you see from the from the outside on the TV, what, what's your opinions from afar?
1: Yeah, you can kind of. Uh, I keep accidentally walking into Clough comments, but you can kind of talk and talk about what you're going to do as much as you want, but you've got to go and do it. And the same applies on the field and off the field. So I'm I'm not going to have a go at any single plan, you know, for how they support the team and everything else. Um, but I think it comes down to a keyword, which is expectation. I think last year there was almost close to zero expectation. Some people were like, well, we signed loads of players, you know, we've got to stay up and all of that kind of thing. But you heard it even from. Cooper and others, you know, within the club afterwards, which was like, yeah, we kind of gave it big and saying know we wanted to do as well as possible, but ultimately 17th was absolutely fine as far as we were concerned. Um, So, yeah, I think it's expectation and the same, do you know what? Luton in the Premier League felt no different to going back 15 years to Walsall in the Championship, which was it kind of felt like a gimme. The atmospheres were always flat and nine times out of ten we ended up getting done over because there was no intimidation factor. These teams love playing at nice grounds and you know, nice pitches and stuff like that. And it, it, it didn't kind of surprise me. My my concern is, and, and maybe I'm jumping ahead in the conversation a bit, but my concern is if we aren't beating these teams to keep up with our points tally from last year, and i mentioned this, I think on a, on a group chat, we beat Liverpool, West Ham, Brighton, Arsenal, drew with Man City at home last year. I'm, I'm struggling to see us getting those results this time around. Not because we've fallen backwards necessarily, but I think we were lucky against Liverpool. I think we were lucky against West Ham. Awesome. I think Brighton was one of those end-of-season games. They were coming off a, a horrific spell of games and and um, the their cup run Arsenal were Arsenal at the end of the season. We've done them a couple of times. Um, I don't feel we're going to get those 13 points out of those five games, so we've got to start beating some teams. We I, I can kind of give whether it's a Luton or whether it's anyone else, I can give them a couple of mistakes, a couple of, you know, well, we gave that one away. No one's going to be perfect. Otherwise we'll be getting 100 points. Um, But you've got to go and get those points back now someone else.
0: Because we have played all the promoted teams at home now and we've got five points from nine. So, I mean, you looked at it as Leeds and Southampton, which I guess is when we look at it. I kind of looked at, I guess, those games as being who we came up with because of that, but there's three of them. So it does make sense, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's away. You're gonna have to hope it's away. I mean, I still can't get over it, Holly, that it was Chelsea was our last win. Uh, and if you looked at Chelsea, and again, I think everything you both said probably ties into this. And is is this so much a a problem of being a football fan in the modern world of media as much as just being a football fan and expectation and how the hope bloody is the hope that kills you? as I'm sure we've all said a thousand times. You play Chelsea, you win away. I was happy with the draw there. And I was obviously for personal reasons in my relationship, I was ecstatic with a bloody win. Um, But then the games coming up, I thought, hello, bit of a chance to have. I I mean, do I think Forest make Europe? No, I don't. But I want us to be bloody safe enough early enough where I don't have to go through the stress of mathematics. I always think Blackburn, what was it, when they went down last game of the season against uh, whoever it was. um, Who did we play? Jovo, wasn't it? No, why have I lost? We We played Ipswich. We played played Ipswich,
1: Ipswich, right?
0: So Yeah. I've, I'm had some senior moments. I'm getting nearly 43 now. It's nearly gone. And, and I just don't want any of that anymore. So, Holly, I mean, do, uh, what do you think? Do you think the away form is going to be different with it? I mean, I'm asking you to sort of like go on about the impossible. But before I have a little bit of a look at the looting game, but like from what you've seen from Forest overall, I, I agree with Dan. I think there's been some better football played at times and it's weird having possession. Sheffield United, I think, game it was at the start. I think uh, Burnley... I don't know about you guys, but after a season of having like five or 10%, it's felt quite weird. But do you think Forrest have got enough minerals to actually, do you agree with Dan in terms of the games will turn? Or do you think, where do you see the points coming from if you are going to stay up in your mind?
2: Well, I mean, it felt like we were having a nice little progression up to that um, Chelsea away win. And then it's just kind of, it feels in a way like, was that, was that a bit, I've seen people saying it on social media, was it a little bit of a fluke? Were we getting ahead of ourselves? You know, everyone I'd argue, well, I think it, Chelsea were right. Yeah, and I, I, think we were, I think we were good value for the win there. But I do think there's a level that everyone around me does have this, especially after that Chelsea game, this kind of, this sense of, right, we're there now. We're, we bought these players, we're playing this style of football, we're safe. And we are by no means safe. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's all doom and gloom and now we're going to fall like a stone. As a Forest fan... Collectively, we all have those worries and insecurities because we've seen it time and time again. But by no means are we safe. And I think the old adage of win your home games, draw your away games, it's still kind of there, isn't it? And I think I'm just really frustrated considering the fortress that we were last season, that we can't be picking up all points against Burnley, against Brentford and especially against Luton. I see no reason why we can't. Um, So I'm frustrated in that sense. Um, But no, no game is given in the Premier League and I think it just shows you, Steve Cooper's slight naivety, I know we'll come on to it a bit later, but with the subs, um, that you shouldn't underestimate anybody in this league, um, especially this season. Um, And I I love the football that we're playing now and I love that we're a bit more front-footed, we've got a bit more grit about us, um, that we are allowed to play a bit more expansive football there is peril with that as well, isn't there, I think, at the end of the day. And players like, for instance, Gibbs White, for me, he's got everything apart from a finish. If he had a finish in him, he will be an absolute world-class player. Um, and there's a couple of times at the weekend where I just thought, hmm, you know, he should be scoring there. He should be doing a little bit more. Are we asking too much of him, though? Is there, That's the thing. Are there is there too much expectation? It's like the Sangare miss, the absolute sitter that you missed just before half-time. Why is he not hitting that? Why is he not scoring that? Is that the expect, expectation on his shoulders? I'd be really interested in the kind of mindset around that.
0: We've seen it backhole. I, I he should put way. that
2: away. Oh, and we yeah. all gasped at the time. Like, would literally turn around to the guys behind me, head in hands. How the hell has he missed that? The goal was like gaping in front of him. It's just, it's just shocking miss, absolutely shocking miss.
0: So one thing, we will come to the end. We're going to end this on a positive, in a sense. So we'll mention Chris Wood in a minute. So going into that game, Dan, I was thinking, will uh, Forrest be a bit toothless here? I mean, I'm not on the Chris Wood bandwagon ante as well, because obviously you and I, I will always keep quoting this one. And when I said to you about that rumor I'd heard about Chris Wood, and you went, as if he's going to leave the top five, you know the top five team at the time in newcastle which was completely legitimate to to think and say and he did as somebody with his goals in the premier league however he gets them, or with, you know, with his head or scrappy wherever they may be i think you have, would have bit your arm off for a striker of any sort of quality like that in the team so he's proven me wrong in terms of the goals he's got already this season he hasn't done a lot wrong apart from having a bit of a shaky start um so we will we'll come to him in a bit and try and look at some positives but as that team stood, and and you are, I appreciate your Dan White doing your job in America, and not Steve Cooper here and, and running the club. But did you see any real reason for? Did you did you feel it was almost disrespectful in a point the, the the changes Cooper made when he made them? Because Forrest, at that point, how they were sitting and whatnot, I, I just didn't see it needs to be that wholesale.
1: Yeah, I, I'm kind of caught in two minds because it's um, as they say over here Monday morning quarterbacking. As in, like you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. If you don't make those substitutions. What do you do? All right. So I, I know everyone will have a different answer to that. Oh, well, don't make all three at once. Don't bring on to defend, you know, Nico Williams as well later on. and Edna. But ultimately, I kind of feel like we had to make changes. We've got a squad and the reason we're supposed to be, you know, that everyone's using those substitutes. So did he make them? Did he make too many too quickly? Well, you've only got three windows to make them anyway. And we used two of the windows. So I I, I honestly think, no one would be sat here, and this is this might sound stupid, but no one would be sat here if we won that 2-0 or 2-1 and go in, yeah, it's a great win, but what a stupid fucking set of substitutions. Yeah, but you know why that is.
0: You know why because
1: <laughs> like, I it, know exactly. But
0: yeah, but I, I agree with
1: you. So, so there is a point which is, yeah, look, in hindsight, I, I could hammer him for it and everything else. There's no one going to be looking at that in mo- minute detail as to whether it was the right thing to do and how it panned out and everything else and Steve Cooper. So... You know, we can have all the opinions we want on it. I think he'll be his, his, hard, his own harshest critic on that one, probably apart from a couple of people in the boardroom. But um, he'll be the one that's, you know, thinking about whether that was the right thing to do. And ultimately, you can't really legislate for some individual errors. Um, it's a team game or a squad game. And it just feels like uh, maybe this layer about general Cooper vibes. How many pe- mistakes are people allowed in a thirty-eight game season before we start telling, saying that they're not right for a job? Like, I, I, people go, "Oh, football's different to every other industry. It is different, but also it's the same in many ways." Which is, how many mistakes do you make at work before your boss turns around and goes, "Right, you're fired," and you go, "All right, fine, I'm fired. I made three mistakes in a year or whatever. I'm fired. Who just out of interest, who are you replace me with? We haven't worked that one out yet." Right? Well, you've got you've got to have a plan, and it just sounds ridiculous to be so hot on let's not have this person rather than what do you actually want what's achievable and how will it mean that we don't have Aurier making a mistake what what could someone else have done in that situation that's the thing that kind of puzzles me about it so I'm kind of fine with the substitutions he made that choice he'll learn from it and hopefully we don't have too many games like that in a season but to think that someone is kind of unlike there are managers out there who are Capable of making errors in their tactics. I think I haven't, I haven't seen him consistently do things like say shooting week in week where you sit there and what the hell is this guy doing? Why are we playing that shape? What are we doing that for? Um, it's odd moments where Cooper gets caught out or we lose despite him making what might be a good decision so yeah I'm, I'm I'm not too fussed about that to be honest
0: I think it's I always think about moving parts I think a potato hasn't got any moving parts it's quite a simple thing stay with me guys stay with me people listening whereas an aeroplane there's a lot of shit that can go wrong with that and the same with the football team there's a lot of things that once Cooper's done this and I know he could change the fuselage in a sense I'm not saying Chris uh Steve Cooper is a aero engineer. Uh, I'm just sort of making the point that there's a lot of things there that can go wrong, which are, you know, unlike a potato. One, one of my worst, I was actually going to make one about the second world war earlier on, Dan. So I pulled that one while I was listening to you. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. But at the same time, I do believe there is a big element of it, but that's just how that industry is. Unfortunately, which you just said, it's, it's a very weird one. It's a very strange one. Um, but in terms of the football itself, uh, Holly, I was going I was of come back to you. I know you mentioned Morgan Gibbs-White because I was saying to her, Natalie was watching it and she watched Chelsea afterwards and they were 2-0 up and they drew with Arsenal and she was a bit like gutted. But I was going, you'd have took that before. So we had very different Saturdays, uh, apart from the cricket and the rugby, which we shared as well. It's been an absolute shit, rubbish Saturday for sport in our household. And so I was looking at it I said, you know, someone like Gibbs-White, if he was playing in a in a in one of the top four, top six teams, whichever, whoever they may be, I don't like calling them the big four or whatever because that's interchangeable in a little bit elitist but i think if someone took on someone like gibbs white and gave him a freedom and didn't say you're going to go out on loan to bruges or whatever it might be and you're not going to be subbed every now and then i think in a real top side with a lot of people doing certain movements i think he'd be a lot better almost in years than us i mean i think he's undoubtedly an amazingly talented guy but my worry and it's a really long-winded way of coming around it Alanga on the left was actually getting behind people, which I thought was actually great. It was nice to see that because that's what I wanted at Palace. I think it was Palace game I was watching. I was just going, get around a bit more, you bugger. And with losing um, Hudson-Odoi as well. I just worry where Forrest's next bit is there because I'd, I'd, the middle three, I'm a big fan of. I think they're looking all right. I think they're looking pretty, getting used to each other. You've got Yates, you've got Danilo to come back. But I just worry a little bit because somebody was saying on the radio about Johnson. And I'd forgotten about Brennan Johnson. I genuinely had. Do you believe that Forrest's sort of winging area and the attack front, not Chris Woods, we'll come to him in a minute, Chris Woods, sorry, is, is a worry to you if we get one or two injuries to that?
2: It's funny you mention that because it was the first time that I turned around to my mate on Saturday and I said, do you think we missed Johnson? And he nodded. Um, there was slightly something to answer, Sorry to interrupt
0: you, Holly, you're always going to miss somebody who you've sold for 50-odd mil. Yeah, of course. That goes without saying, but have I thought about in most games... You know, maybe because we haven't been getting hammered, even though we're getting points. But I, I don't, I don't know. Sorry to interrupt.
2: Well, it's that are we setting the world alight? I mean, I personally think, on paper, from what I've seen in spurts, that Alanga is technically better than Brennan Johnson at this moment in time, and has more potential. Maybe that's slightly controversial, but What's again, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed what I saw on Saturday as well. I thought he was a lot more dynamic had a lot more forward thinking in him um he linked up really well with um, Morgan Gibbs-White and obviously he was he, he crossed for the, the first Chris Wood goal didn't he um but i'm a bit worried about Aurier. i mean obviously we'll come to his uh, very bizarre <laughs> whatever that was he was trying to do with his head to clear the ball for the uh, for the first goal and i don't know he's just looked slightly off the last couple of games i think at palace um he he was getting in some good areas, but again, it was just that final ball just wasn't quite there. Um, I don't know whether it's the armband. I'd like to think it wasn't, but, um,
0: I think uh, it's I think slight, I mean, a
2: slight I, worry.
0: He's looked a bit like the Serge Aurier that the Spurs mates of mine warned me about.
2: Mm. So last
0: year I was like, I don't know what you're on about. I even went on, um, the guys on talk sport, um, uh, Jacobs and that, and they were saying, Oh, bloody old surgery. Good luck with that. And I was like, He's actually been all right. He's actually been, and I didn't know anything to him really before. I think this year I've seen more of those things that last year people were telling me was going to happen. I think there's a bit of, uh, I don't still know fully who I think Forrest's best fullbacks are, but one of them is probably Harry Toffolo. Um, and I think it's actually sure. been secure since he's come in. But um, Dan, without without going, to, we're trying to come out of the doom and gloom in a minute. I'll talk about midfield and maybe Chris Wood and the performance and that as well. But um, I have to talk about the centre back situation with what happened. I don't think. Joe Worrell, as it stands, is Forrest's first choice centre-back or potentially, you know, even after the Chelsea thing, which people are very quick to forget about that game and what he's going through, et cetera, et cetera. We don't owe anybody that living or just because where you were born and how your accent is, even how much everyone wants to sing, is one of our own. But um, Joe, to himself, will say he didn't want to play the way he did in that game. Although I do stand that one of their goals, he was properly pulling his shirt and no one even looked at that once. He had hold of him like that out the way, but hey. Um, what are your worries at the back uh, Down more than anything, and who would you go for as your back four if you could just pick any of them straight away, or back whatever number you're playing?
1: Yeah, um, so I think the only change I'd make from the start starting lineup that we had in defence is I'd I'd prefer Nico Williams to Aurier. Mm-hmm. Just on a, on any given day, I'd prefer Williams. It's um, kind of more of an I don't unsung is the wrong word, but I kind of feel that the way he plays. Um, doesn't get enough credit and it's almost the two ends of the spectrum. So Aurier made a few mistakes last year that really didn't get picked up because they were kind of second order mistakes where he was out of position and then it, a series of chainers of events happened and then everyone's like, oh, why, why, why is Warren not picking up that guy in the middle? And if you run it back, it usually started from some ill-discipline on position from Aurier. It was maybe two or three of those, I think. But because then he did stuff like scoring the goal at Chelsea and you know that kind of stuff, I think people saw more of that side of it and went oh no this guy's good he's cavalier he's what you know he's entertaining Nico Williams stats last year and even in the minutes he's played this year are phenomenal in terms of interceptions and you see him running up and down I just think as the work rate he is like him and Toffolo have got a work rate and an ethic that I think suits the team and they've probably got the ability to play at this level um if he's fit. I like Ana every day of the week over Toffolo I think on the left-hand side so I'd take I'll take Williams and Ana, where you play them is kind of debatable, but I think left and right works there. Uh, yeah, and in the middle, I'm kind of fine with the four because I think it gives us more going forward. And the, the only thing I really didn't like about the weekend was, I don't think it matters who you bring on as substitutes. I just don't like this concept of, um, well, not, it's not so much that I don't like it. You kind of make the substitutions, so you're changing three personnel and you're changing your system to fit that. And then you're giving up a goal on what's seen as an individual mistake. Well, it is an individual mistake, but it, you're asking someone to kind of, you're kind of starting again, right? That's the worst, It's the worst situation. Um, so yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to, I don't see why we should go five at the back or change our system at that point. I can understand changing the personnel, bringing more along for Bolly or whoever, whatever we're going to do, um, but I don't like making the changes in people and the changing system at the same time. That, that's the bit that, that kind of like, well, if I was going to pick something up, that's what I'd do. But I, I do like the back four, I have to say.
0: On a positive note, um, Holly, just a one-name answer and ask you, Dan, who's your favourite Nottingham Forest midfielder at present in the old school midfield style? Holly, who are you going for?
2: Purely based on Saturday's performance, I'd say Mangala at the moment.
0: Yeah, Mangala's Reset. I was gonna to say Toddy Orliksen, just to throw in. Oh, are we talking all time? I just, <laughs> my all-time forest, I just picked a real random one. Well, you know, I like your badge of honor from going, I remember the shit back in the day. Uh Dan who's your favourite midfielder at the minute, Forrest.
1: Well, I was gonna say Scott Gemmel when you were going back, but um in terms of the the kind of middle place. I, I I do like Sangari, I have to say, I think he'll come good eventually. And when you look back again comparing to like last year when we brought in all the new faces and everything, um it took us a while and we had the dips about this time of the year and you know, the games at Leicester and then trying to get back into a rhythm against Villa and Brighton away and stuff like that. I think we we just gotta learn from last year as a fan base, which is these guys have been brought in because they're better, they look better, and playing as a team is now what they need to be working on. And the midfield I think is starting to look good because we've been fairly consistent with it and maybe we just need to give the defence and the attack a bit more time to um as the, the word goes, gel.
0: How many goals? Like word, but... How many goals? Holly will Chris would get this year for Forest? Because <laughs> we one of the fans who, who one of the Reds fans came in and said that they think it'd be fifteen this year. That was his hot red hot take at the start of the season. It's not looking that crazy at the minute. How many do you see him notching up?
2: We never saw this coming, did we? Uh, this this uh, this purple patch of form. Um, good question. I was just thinking earlier, actually, when I was watching, I was watching it back, and it really reminds me of Stan Laurel. I don't know whether that's just me. Oh. Um, a bit of the stand, Lavelle Hardy about him. Um, I reckon. I, I reckon he's good for at least ten goals this season. I reckon. Um, it's just how much game time he gets at the end of the day, isn't it?
0: What about uh, What about you, Dan? What do you think of overall of the performance? I don't think he did a lot wrong. I think he could have had a, probably a couple more, but otherwise he did his job up there, didn't he? It's weird that we've had that game where we feel a bit shit, and we've had the thing that we would have wanted—the stand-in, as he's seen uh striker bags two.
1: Yeah, I I, that, I think that's a big positive to come out of the game, which is um. One that he scored the goals, so what, he's he scored three in nine, and I know they've not been nine full appearances. Um, so it's probably, I, I'm guessing on the minutes played, it's probably one and two at least at this point. And the goals he scored have picked us points, so we can be disappointed on the, res, the result on Saturday, but he, he got us a point. Um, and he also got us the points against Burnley as well. So, um, oh, sorry, Sheffield United. Um, so he's come in and he's done the job. He seems like an uber professional. He seems like he can score goals. Um, I think when you look back, and when we brought him in, I think he played st- went straight into the Bournemouth team. He got vilified for a, quite a long time, and maybe this is just the kind of uh, situation where you folks need to step back, who are you know being a bit miserable about Cooper's decisions and everything else, and go, and a minute, let's just take ourselves back to when we signed Chris Wood and how much we were battering Cooper for still playing him, and or what you know is he going to be out of the squad as well in the summer and everything else. Cubes has just quietly got on with picking the, the 25 that he thinks is best for the club. And then lo and behold, our main striker gets injured and the guy that he's trusted that the fans probably didn't think was going to do it has come in and got, you know, secured four of our 10 points so far when he probably wasn't expecting to be starting. So uber professional, I really like, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I've always thought this and, you know, I told you so by any means, cause I, I wasn't a fan to begin with, um, when he started playing, but having Tyo up there if we're going to just play one traditional number nine and not go for a two up front old school, then having Tyo up there and having Chris Wood as your backup from a financial point of view, from a game point of view, from a goal point of view, it seems like the best balance. We can't afford to go and spend another 25 million on a striker. So those two are under 20 million each, I think, is um is, is gonna make or break our season. Just it's interesting it's- to see what comes, what happens when Tyo comes back and whether we change shape again and mm-hmm. think about how we play with both of them. But I can't see that happening
0: with Cooper. I still call two strikers a Collymore Roy. I can't help myself. It's still familiar to your face as well, both of you. Uh, I'm going to come to an overall summing up in a minute uh, of everything and then we'll look towards uh, this, but I want to get in the limericks because Caponosity uh, and Function, as always, just if he's not sending in delicious voice notes, he's just writing. It reminds me in a weird way, Dan, I'm like, you'd write this. I don't know why. But this, I asked for your limericks from the Luton game or how you felt about Forrest at the minute, and this is his. And somebody actually put afterwards, I can't beat that one. So it remained, we had loads last time and I think he scared everyone else. He's, you'll know the bits that I love in this town. Luton were there for the taking. Chris Wood, what hay he was making. <laughs> he just got me already. Uh, but along came the changes. Forrest played like strangers. We all left the ground, heads shaking. That is top notch work. I like uh, that, yeah. Holly, out of 10, your scores?
2: Oh, I'm going to give that 10. It's fantastic. Love that.
0: Dan, and nine, or maybe on. Yeah, I'll give him a, um, a old school forward nine. Yeah. I was going to say, I always try not to give the tens because I like it just gives a little bit more room for that little bit of genius uh, coming in later on. Um, next few games coming up, if you can just give me a quick 30 seconds on it, Holly. Um, obviously, the next go, Liverpool away on Sunday. Let's go with that one first. What do you expect for us to get from that and what score will it be?
2: I want to see us bouncing back straight away. Uh, I well, don't I think we will. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be 2-0 Liverpool.
0: I'm going to go for 3-1 Liverpool, Dan.
1: Yeah, take your pick on that one. I don't think we're going to we're going to win it and they just look very good at the moment. So, um yeah, I, I hate to round it out with three predictions of a loss, but yeah, maybe maybe 2-0. Well,
0: it's because it's because I like to think that we pride ourselves on that. Um you know, football's up and down around the houses and it's, you know, a podcast like um was it like opinions? Um no, what is was it? Podcasts are like assholes. <laughs> Some have got more than others. Uh, But that's one way of putting it. But listen, um, at the end of the day, um, you know, we'll all try and get behind the team whichever way we can and support it. And I say, I'm not one for jumping on bandwagons of... X, Y, Z and having to go at X, Y, Z either or whatever it may be because, you know, football's one of those games that will prove you wrong. There must be a load of players you've seen through the years. You've gone, he's a bit crap and he does X, you know. I'll stop saying X, Y, Z. That's me trying to not swear or be too aggressive in it. Um, overall, in case I don't see you for a little while, Dan, because, um, you know, work and God knows what, what are you expecting from the next time we speak, which could be, let's say it's in two months' time. Will we have the same manager? Will we be in the mid-table or will we be in the relegation battle with a new manager from Spain? We've never um, I think it'll be more of the same, to be honest. So
1: not, I don't think we're good enough to be consistent in this league. I think we might pick up some points. Maybe we didn't expect as Lisa always says, but drop some We did expect, and I hope, you know, we just, um, in that sense, we gain more than we lose. So, um, I'd, I'd take kind of 12th to 14th with a couple of win gap to the bottom three, if we, if we reconvene, you know, some point in late November, um the international breaks i just hate because it just breaks the season up too much and i feel that that's not a cooper um he doesn't get the most out of that necessarily but yeah so um yeah i'd I'd take something like that i'm still you know hoping for more but i think realistic expectations are slightly better than last year
0: wonderful and then uh just just very very quickly as well how's everything good with the uh the u.s sports stuff and everything got any uh, highlights coming up or anything in the uh, horizon I did nearly
1: as bad as a weekend as you guys did. So we had the cricket and the rugby, obviously. Forrest Drew. um, And then my football team, the Buffalo Bills, lost terribly at the weekend as well. So that wasn't too good. Nashville are in the playoffs with Sam Surridge. Um, So that's looking good. Yeah, generally, generally, this is the season everything's on. Football, college, basketball's starting, hockey's on. Baseball's playoffs are just happening. MLS playoffs are about to happen. So there is not a minute spare. To not be watching
0: school, and Holly, we're going to have a catch. I saw how long left I forgot in the pod, and I was going to ask you all about the uh, the Forest Ladies as well. But uh, in general, in one word, doing well, doing bad. How's it going?
2: Uh, Bounced back from the Derby loss, so yeah, back on course.
0: Excellent. Okay, so uh, we're all about up to date. Uh, love each other, be nice to each other. Let's not offer each other out on podcasts. We're a little bit silly, really, isn't it? Uh, and we will see you next time, you Reds. Hey!